you were able to get guys like Grant Cardone, Jordan Belfort, Ed Milet. How were you able to get such heavy hitters on the pod? Dude, it was a dream because I had to. It wasn't like I want to. It was like, I have to. I had a buddy bet me. He was like, hey, uh, you know, uh, I bet you can't interview Grant. And I was like, oh, I bet you $100 I could book him in the next 30 days. If you set the intention and add value and ask, you'll get yeses. Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly, here with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Omar Latar. Thanks so much for having me on. How's Omar and Nabil here. Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yep, the greatest, bro. Greatest of all time. Man, walk me through uh, how you got into podcasting, because you were early, man. Yeah. yeah, man. So, it's funny, you know, when it came to podcasting or building a brand or business, I had never even thought of it that way, to mm -hmm. be honest. My whole plan initially was, uh, you know, I'll give you the the short of a long story, but basically I, uh, I was probably about 25 years old. I was mm -hmm. working at Tesla at the time and I was in a relationship, but I was in self-sabotage mode, right? Mm -hmm. I was smoking, I was drinking, I was like kind of lost in life and I was successful at sales, but I wanted something more and mm -hmm. I didn't know how that would manifest or what to do, you know, right, right. it was into law of attraction, personal development. I was always fascinated by interviews and documentaries and, mm -hmm. you know, the greatest of all time. How, how did the greats become great? Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to turn that into a career. I don't know how to turn that into anything. So when I was working at Tesla, the story goes, basically my ex-girlfriend at the time broke up with me. So I was devastated because here I was having all these dreams and ambitions, but I hate my job, hate my relationship, not in a good place. I met a life coach. I gave him 250 bucks and he said, if life was perfect, what would happen next? He said, um, you know, like, let's come up with a plan. Let's design it. Mm. So I wrote down, I would have conversations with the most amazing people in the world. Mm. I would inspire millions of people. I would make millions of dollars. And I would have a great team and have loads of free time. And it's crazy because I didn't know how that would manifest, but literally it was that day uh, that we planted the seed with my coach. And he was like, well, if your dream is to do, you know, stuff like that, why not do a podcast? And I was like, well, who would I interview? What would I do? And he was like, well, let's just start with one. So I interviewed a local guy and then one turned into two and then three. And then, you know, here we are 150 plus later and mm -hmm. got to build a business and show off it. But wow. it was kind of like I was in a rock bottom situation and that yeah. was my dream to get out kind of thing. That's so it's always the words. Yeah. That's almost everybody's rock story. Bottom. It's, no, it's the words. Oh, the words. Yeah. The words. Yeah. Mm. Manifestation. Yeah. It's just, that's what he wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think just being clear, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, being super clear. even, um, yeah. you know, I have an interview with Dr. Joe Dispenza coming up uh, in Santa Barbara and like I've just been reading a lot of his work and it's true. It's like when you probably like you guys, right in business, like when you just like have something in your mind enough times and you're working towards it and you're just on offense, mm -hmm. so, the, just things happen, you see opportunities, you capitalize on it, you stay in a vortex and if you set the intention, things happen. But right, most people don't set the intention, and if they do, they don't yeah. stay the course. Absolutely. Right. You were able to get guys like Grant Cardone, Jordan Belfort, Ed Milet. How yeah. were you able to get such heavy hitters on the pod? Dude, it was a dream because I had to. It wasn't like I want to. It was like I have to. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I even just got back from New York where I had um, I went to an acting class with Chaz Palminteri. He's hosting a three-day workshop. Mm -hmm. I have no connection with him or anything. Flew to New York, went to this acting class pitched him on doing the podcast he was down 
the three days into being in New York, having no connections with him, I interviewed him inside of his restaurant. Wow. Right. Just like that. Mm. And I don't say that to like boast. I say it cause I just like, if you set the intention and add value and ask, you'll get yeses. So I just kind of had that same approach from the beginning, man. I had, I saw, for example, for, I'll give you three quick ones for Grant Cardone. I had no connections to him and I had a buddy bet me. He was like, Hey, uh, you know, uh, I bet you can't interview Grant. And I was like, Oh, I bet you a hundred dollars. I could book him in the next 30 days. And he was like, all right, let's do it. So I like, I would try calling. I tried emailing, nothing worked, right? The company, no clue. I had no show at this time. But then I saw that he was visiting from Florida. He was visiting LA, Beverly Hills with his wife on his Instagram story. And this story kind of became famous or well-known kind of my, how I started in space. Mm -hmm. But long story short is Grant and Elena were having dinner in Beverly Hills at a restaurant. I saw on their Instagram story. Mm -hmm. So I drove two and a half hours, waited outside that restaurant in Beverly Hills waited outside by the valet and when they walked out i elegantly went up to him said hey big fan you know i drove out here just so that you know i you know support the movement and what you do yeah. i know it's a crazy question but do you have a ton of long form content that you want to turn into short form well look no further than opus pro this site's been a game changer for me as a podcast host check out opus pro in the description down below 50 percent off Help me make clips, it's helped me make them fast, efficiently, and some of the clips have gone on to generate millions of views. As you can see in the demonstration here, guys, all you gotta do is type in a YouTube URL. Opus Pro will generate anywhere from 10 to 20 clips, and you could play around with the color, text color, subtitle, font, do whatever you want to make it your own unique style. It even has subtitles, lets you play around with the text, lets you play around with the colors, uses advanced AI technology, generate clips and even scores the clips based off how viral it thinks it will go so it's really useful guys if you're looking to save some time save some money video clip editors are pretty expensive these days check out opus pro link is in the description down below i know you're in town for a couple weeks would you be open to do a podcast wow. for one hour will be in and out super easy if not no problem and he was like you drove all the way here just to ask me that and I was like, yes, sir, I did. He's like, he's like, I like you, man. He's like, all right. He goes, you got a business card? I gave him a business card. Mm -hmm. That day, his assistant reached out. Uh, probably like five days later, we did the interview. And uh, yeah, that interview went on to be the most watched uh, Grant Cardone and Elena Cardone interview at the time for like years. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So That's it was legendary. just like a lot of imperfect action. But I just had to make it happen, you know. Yeah. That's legendary. Yeah. What were the yeah. other two examples? I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah. uh, creator of Hot Cheetos, which is funny. Shout out Richard Montanez. Uh, Disney, actually, I was just talking to him this morning. So Eva Longoria just produced the true story of the creator of Hot Cheetos, who's the janitor who worked at Frito-Lay. He pitched the idea of Hot Cheetos to the CEO of Frito-Lay. Long story short, ended up being this, you know, big time billion dollar product. Mm -hmm. So I had heard about this story years ago, and he wasn't known on social media or nothing. But I got in touch with him because mm. I thought his story was so fascinating. Mm. You know, I was so inspired by the story. Right. I didn't care about building a brand or having a podcast. Right. I literally just cared about meeting like these amazing people. Mm. So um, I went to like three of his speaking events. When he got off stage, I would elegantly ask him like, you know, hey, man, I was very inspired by your work. Would you ever be open to do a podcast? He would say no. Two months later, I go to another seminar. He'd say no. Finally, the third time, he's like, man, you're so persistent, you know. And I, and I was just like, you know, think of me being the young man you once were who pitched your hot Cheeto idea to the Frito-Lay. Mm. That's me pitching 
the value of the interview to you. Capture that emotion. I know he was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was sweeping floors. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure you guys have it too, right? You guys yeah. were hustlers, like whatever, yeah, in the sure. DM Always. or trying to make deals happen. So now, even if you're busy, when you see a younger guy coming up doing that same inspired approach, you respect him. it. You'll give him an opportunity. Yeah, you'll, you'll talk with him, you know, because you, rec- you, know, you, you recognize mm-hmm. the hustle because yeah. you got to do the unique yeah. shit to get ahead. Yeah. So I kind of appealed to that angle. And so he gave me the interview. That interview got half a million views. It ended up somebody over at Disney ended up seeing it. They ended up, long story short, writing a screenplay and script based on his life story. Mm, wow. So Disney produced the film. He invited me to the premiere. Evan Goria produced it. And now he's talking to Evan Goria today about potentially being on the show. So it's so, so a relationship. So it's like a crazy full circle. <laughs> and the movie actually comes out today. So it's, it's a called, hot Cheeto movie. Yeah, the movie based on the story. It's called Where? Hot. And it's the first movie in streaming history. He actually just told me today, Bob Eager, Bob Iger over at Disney, they, he agreed this is the first film ever in streaming history mm. to be the first movie to be on Hulu and Disney Plus at the same Whoa. time. And it's dropping today. Today. It's called uh, Flamin' Hot. Flamin I'm going to yeah. check it out. I used to eat those for days. Man, yeah. I did too. <laughs> in middle school? Yeah. Oh, my. A bag a day at least. Oh, yeah. Hot Cheetos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, every still girl loved them. Till, still to this day, Hot Cheetos, like the, I think it's the... Hottest brand out of all the Cheetos. Yeah, so in gas stations across the country, I saw a stat. It said that they're in the top three um, uh, categories for sales in all stores in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, 95% of stores. Oh, my Like gosh. all over the U.S., it's top three product, Hot Cheetos. That's why when you go to gas stations, it's mm-hmm. always like a bunch of other chips, but the top two rows are like Hot, hot Cheetos. Cheetos. Yeah. And now they get two of their own making rows. hot chips and yeah, hot yeah. popcorn. Yeah. Hot exactly. Using their same... That same, uh, they're recipe. trying to copy yeah, it, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and does he get a cut of every sale? Um, I don't know the terms, but yeah, I mean, I know it worked out. He's good on cash, <laughs> he's, good, <laughs> he on he's cash. good on cash. And he was a yeah. janitor, right? Yeah. Janitor, uh, Jeez. janitor, and uh, I believe flunked out of third grade. Wow, yeah, that's amazing story. story. Yeah, Richard Montanez, shout out Richard. Oh, so check out the Flaming Hot movie. That's dope. Man. Yeah, what did you learn having Bobby Castro on? Because that's he's a billionaire, right? Yeah, Bobby Castro. I've had I've had him on twice. I love Bobby, man. Bobby's also somebody we've done business with too. So I've mm-hmm. gotten to see him personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. Him and his team, just mm-hmm. A plus caliber people. I got to tour his house in uh, not in Miami. It's in uh, I forget, but it's this beautiful twenty five million dollar estate. And he goes, they had some neighbors. You guys will love this. Mm-hmm. So billion dollar Bobby. So. He bought this like beautiful custom made house, like twenty five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Gave us a tour of the whole thing. Took them years to build, luxury mm-hmm. art, like all, the whole thing. And they had some neighbors when they would party. It's right here, right there on the water in Florida. So he invited us to the house. And the neighbors used to always complain about the noise and the parties they mm-hmm. make. And this is you're talking about like your you know your your property's twenty five million, mm-hmm. your neighbors forty million. You're talking about that level, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, on the water. And so the, the neighbors, <laughs> the neighbors like were complaining and complaining and complaining. So they ended up um, actually buying that property. No way. And turning it into uh, like a fun house for the grandkids. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's baller, bro. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's what Drake did too. Yeah, right? yeah. So this is cool to see people, you know, like yeah. do big stuff like that. It's yeah. Fairy tale. I stuff. mean, find a problem, solve it. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. had on a few other billionaires. Like, what? Yeah. what's your takeaway from from these successful people like have you noticed any common patterns yeah for sure um uh, there's a lot i get asked about that a lot but i'd say you know i've interviewed over 100 billionaires i would mm-hmm. say the top three things i've learned from all of them is in no particular order number one is you have to have an a plus team that is so important mm-hmm. 
Um, like that is so, so, so important. And sometimes, um, you know, as the business leader, you think you're the bottleneck, but a lot of times it's your inability to bring in talent, right? Having the talent yourself is equal power mm -hmm. to recognizing team members who have the talent that mm -hmm. can help you grow and scale and, mm -hmm. you know, see past your momentum. Mm -hmm. So number one is they all saw themselves as team builders. More of the genius is more in the team building aspect mm -hmm. than it is in the action nuances, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's important, but I would yeah. say team number one. Um, number two, I would say they all played the long game, meaning like they all won on a long enough time yeah. horizon. Like you'll see billionaires, it usually took them 10, 20, 30 years to do it. When you see people who make a million bucks, they do it in a year or two. When you see people who make minimum wage, they think of money per hour, mm. right? So the longer time horizon you think about money, I noticed that common denominator. The wealthiest people in the world think in terms of long-term time horizons, right? 10 years, 15 years, mm. 20 years. The poorest people in the world think in terms of hourly wage, minimum wage, mm. guarantee ROI for every second of their time, yeah. right? Like Bezos had to be the mo one of the most in-debt people in the world to at one point become the wealthiest, right? Right, right. So I noticed that, that they have that kind of approach. And probably the third thing, man, is like they, they, um, they're not that, their brilliance is not in their ingenuity. It's in their like uh, figured outness, you know? Like yeah. a lot of them are. They figured it out. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, like yeah. when we, yeah, when we, yeah, they, yeah, they're just willing to, you know? Like when I interviewed John Paul Dre, he was even like, we're in his office and he had some van slip ons. He's like, should I wear these or these? And should I go to the restroom? How do I look? You, you know, is my, is this, is the lighting okay on my face? Like they're human, just like me and you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And like, that's always why I love doing the interviews is because you start to, it demystifies this like, oh wow. Like, this lucky aura or their guys or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. People, yeah. They just mm -hmm. found competence in one thing and just went hard. In yeah. that one thing for a long time but they also team. put the work into and most right. people can't comprehend that right i think becoming rich or wealthy billionaire billionaire is luck mm -hmm. partially they, they but always tied no they always tie luck into it right, it must right. be nice mm -hmm. you're lucky or you're part of the or some kind of <laughs> like yeah facts some kind of mystical <laughs> yeah the like fairy tale this is it's not even like yeah maybe he just worked yeah. yeah, like the guy with the Cheetos. It's so fascinating to know that he's a janitor and he just pitched his idea. Yeah, he just went to work that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the other thing I would say is like they all were very like leveraged mm -hmm. one opportunity for the next very well. Right. For example, um, look at Conor McGregor. Mm -hmm. Right, leveraged his success in Ireland. Yeah. Exactly, exactly yeah. to get into the UFC. Yeah. Leverage that to get the Floyd fight. Leverage that to do the 12, whiskey brand. Yeah. Leverage that to exit. Leverage that to have other brands. Right. So I've noticed that it, the game is how do you leverage up for the next thing mm -hmm. and the next thing. Take like Alex Hermosi, right? Started as a gym owner. Leverage that to teach people how to grow their gyms. Leverage mm -hmm. that to the online space. Leverage that to build a brand teaching that. Mm -hmm. Leverage that to other brands. Leverage that to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Leverage that to acquisition.com where mm -hmm. now he has equity. So it's about how do you build? They were all good at building and then leveraging to the mm -hmm. next thing. Mm -hmm. Building, leveraging to the next. Instead of one thing, they're always swinging just a little bit higher. You mm -hmm. know? I think that's also a huge part of Success I've seen at huge levels. Yeah, facts. Where do you see the future of podcasting and media? Because now it's getting saturated. Where <laughs> do, you, do you see it going? Do you feel like it's getting saturated? Podcasts? Uh, yeah. From my point of view, yeah, because all our friends are starting them, exactly. but maybe not to the general public. But everybody don't have the gift of potting, though. Yes. You got to, you got to, it's a certain, it's yeah. a certain gift and a certain science to potting. You can't just, oh yeah, I'm going to do a podcast. <laughs> you might do one or two episodes, but then it's like, 
you know yeah then what like is yeah. the conversation there are you you know are you holding the conversations well are you caring like or can you it's not transition yeah. what's your pivots you know yeah and then understanding like the substance are are you uh intelligent enough to keep an intelligent conversation with somebody that's mm-hmm. intelligent like joe rogan yeah can you yeah. ask certain questions you know what i'm saying yeah and, and can it can it be so valuable that the person listening believes it's genuine right. and not just people killing their time or because right. they have a lot of options. Right. So I, I think now in a certain regard, it's more competitive. I think it's kind of like music. Mm-hmm. There will always be winners in podcasting, whatever. There will mm-hmm. always be winners, right. uh, a few winners. But I think it really comes down to like I heard this thing once. It said like the people that care the least about the praise are the ones that get it the most. Mm. Right. Think of like uh, Kanye, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a little controversial, but yeah. <laughs> generally speaking, even early on in his career, like did it his way 100 mm-hmm. percent and like won the crowd. Like he was the trendsetter. So I think when you believe in the work, it does a lot of the momentum because then when you win, you won for being yourself. Mm-hmm. And you, right. can hang, you can sustain that momentum versus just like always second guessing the algorithm. And then you're always chasing the algorithm. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be kind of like setting a balance of setting the pace with the algorithm, but also making it so that you enjoy it. because. Right. You know, the worst thing you could do, and I've seen, I'm sure you've, you know, me and you are in mutual circles. I'm sure we've had homies who built, you know, forget podcasting, but like even multi-million dollar businesses that became like golden handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you don't want to build something you hate, too. Right, so it's, a, it's an elegant balance, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be interesting. I to enjoy see. it, to be honest. No, I, I do, too. But I great networking you know, tool. Getting, in, yeah. getting into it, I've come to realize that it's you. It's it's a gift. You got to. It's a gift. You got to have certain <laughs> certain things about you that you have to know how to do when to do them in order to be successful at potting. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, um, you have to find your style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, I have a lot of my clients and friends who've like experimented a lot. And on YouTube, it's like I, I have found, for example, so interesting, honestly, like if you really like open this up, a lot of people don't talk about this, but like. There's so much leverage by just having the right pieces, even if you're doing the right stuff. Like, I'll give you an example. You know those videos with Alex Ramosi where he's, like, sitting on the couch? Yeah. And he's, he's talking on YouTube and it's, like, highly produced edit. They're mm-hmm. great, right? They're amazing. Um, and I actually know some of the team behind the scenes. But what's cool is, like, if you actually see how it was filmed, like, Alex just sitting or whoever just mm-hmm. sitting, it's actually pretty, like, mm-hmm. f- not flat per se, but it's, it's simple in how it's filmed. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say more than, like, 70 to 80% nowadays, you can really pop with great editing, even if you yourself are not so animated or expressive or whatever it is. So, it's an elegant balance, I think, between knowing nuances like that, that you don't your personality doesn't have to carry the whole thing, but also display it in a way where it plays to your strengths, right? Like, look at Lex Friedman, for Mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. He's more monotone. Very. you know, but I he, think, I think I can only watch 10, 20 minutes. Exactly. Like, and I'm kind of like, all right, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or Joe Rogan, right? Mm-hmm. They all kind of very like intelligent though. I like, like yeah, he's intelligent yeah. and he has like a theme, the yeah. suit. Yeah. So I think once you find like a vortex, like you got to like try different things, mm-hmm. formats, like play with it a little bit. Yeah. And once you find your formula, you'll notice all successful YouTubers or whatever, go back to their old videos. They've all tried a bunch of different templates, little combinations mm-hmm. of what could, and then once they found one thing that worked, boom. Do that a hundred times over, right. you know, and then tweak it a little bit to make it better. Right. So that's kind of the attitude I think that that the winners will always adapt to. So what was that formula for you? What was your first breakthrough guess where things took off? 
I think I did a few things smart. I think, um, <laughs> again, you know, it's funny because I like, I didn't do it to go viral. I literally didn't care about the numbers. And my first couple of interviews would do like 200,000 views, 500,000 views. Like, so it was just like, boom, they were all hitting it. And then I was making money from AdSense and affiliates and all this stuff. But, uh, I think the breakthrough was us doing things a little different. Like, mm-hmm. For example, I used to watch the Howard Stern show, right? I loved Howard Stern interviews, Man. right? Fire. Yeah, because, for example, in a Howard Stern interview, he's always been one of my heroes, right? It's always Tony he's, Robbins, Howard yeah, Stern, yeah. and Paul Rodriguez. Those were like my heroes. Mm. Um, Howard Stern is so authentic. He's so himself. Yeah. And yeah. He, he asks what you and all the homies would want to ask. Yeah. For, example, <laughs> yeah. for example, Bradley Cooper came in on the podcast, mm-hmm. right? And instead of every traditional radio interviewer, would they ask him, how are you? How's the new mm-hmm. movie? Blah, blah, blah. So as soon as he sits down, Howard Stern goes, so Bradley, tell me, how much did you make on this new movie? What, 20 million plus points on the back end? <laughs> That's his like first question, you know? <laughs> so as the audience, you're like, holy shit, like, this is going to be an amazing 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right away, we're talking about the money, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I loved he was real. But in the beginning of all of Howard Stern's interviews, they would film them in the green room. Like, oh, you excited for this interview today? Or, you know, what'd you think of the interview today? And they give like a testimony. Mm-hmm. And it added like an energy of like, oh, so what we did is I adapted that model and on my podcasts in the beginning of every episode, you know, I would have the, like, say I'm interviewing Sean, instead of just getting into the interview, the videos would start and it's like, you know, camera opens and you'd be like, hi, I'm Sean Kelly. And I went from being totally broke, living in a basement to building a, you know, a multi-million dollar company with Jersey champs. And I'm one of the passionate few. You know, and I thought the interview today with Omar was exciting. We talked about da 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 da. Hope you guys enjoy. Mm-hmm. So by adding that little theme up front, we actually saw that retention-wise, it was hooking a lot of the audience. Mm-hmm. And because we were getting that first one or two-minute testimony, it actually grew to get a lot more. Men- Nobody was doing that, right? Like right. little X factor. Like what do you do different that others don't do? Think of like hot ones, right? Mm-hmm. Where they eat hot wings during interviews. Yeah. yeah. Little things like that, I think, are. We got to find your formula. Gotcha. That's facts. I like what uh, Impulsive does. They'll show like the highlights of controversial mm-hmm. sayings mm-hmm. before the episode starts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's like a new thing too. That's probably better nowadays. Yeah. Because now with TikToks, it's very like the quick hook, the quick, quick, quick shots. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. So what podcasts do you think are like doing it really well? Like which ones do you watch? Ooh. Dude, I've been watching what you guys do. You guys are pumping out stuff like crazy. Oh, guys. you like us? Yeah, I like that. I, I seen. Know. Yeah, I seen. That's the, a big compliment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I seen. I seen. Uh, I seen quite a few. Mm-hmm. And then the clips you guys post, like I believe you guys did one with Forbes Riley too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I remember the guy, the um, <laughs> some controversial ones. You guys had some good clips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I like Thanks, it. Um, honestly, the only other podcast I really like, I'm more of an old soul kind of. So I like a lot of the, um, like Guy Raz, How I Built This. Mm-hmm. He interviews. That's a big one, man. Yeah. I studied the charts and that's always yeah. up there. Yeah. NPR. Yeah. Cause he'll talk to like Michael Dell. And, you know, for me, that's always what fascinated me. How did these human beings, just like me and you, do these amazing things mm-hmm. in the same 24 hours that me and you mm-hmm. have? Mm-hmm. Same resources. How did they do it? You know? So I always love podcasts that try to dig deep. I like, I, I watched the Joe Rogan show. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why is because he's another guy that's authentic. Um, and um, he's face to face, bro. I mean, Joe Rogan adapts to every guy. Yeah. Sometimes he's smoking. Sometimes he's in home. <laughs> sometimes he's drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. Like Joe Rogan is like, whatever's going on, he's just going to do it. And he actually direct. And he's so like diverse in a way that he sees perceives things and he under his understanding of like everything is like there so i'm like 
how do you kind of know everything? In this yeah. Thing, you know what I'm saying? You can and, hold a conversation with anyone. Oh, uh, with yeah. anybody. Yeah. So I think even that, like I said before, I feel like it's a gift and it's, and it's art, but it's more so like studying that. Of course, I like to watch The Breakfast Club. Um, oh, Breakfast Club's really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. I, I fuck with the Breakfast Didn't they Club. stop showing that one? Or? I know, it's still on. Um, I watch Lex. Some I watch his shorts. Yeah. Yeah, I can watch. <laughs> I watch, I watch Lex. And shorts, then there's, I all, like him. there's also the... Um, what is it? The Nelk guys, the Full Send podcast. I love, like the Nelk. I, I, I rock yeah. with them. Dude. Stuff like that yeah. because it's group. That's what I like about this too mm-hmm. is you can bounce. I've always done like one-on-one interviews. Yeah. yeah. But I actually like the conversational format. I think it opens it up. It makes it fluid. Yeah. Makes the viewer feel like they're, uh, you know, uh, you know, like the fourth person with right. this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you know? so, you're, so you're thinking about adding a co-host then? What's that? You're thinking about adding a co-host to yours? Uh, I thought about it, man. But I'm, you know... I'm very particular about my stuff. I would. I wouldn't John be opposed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you have a certain personality type. You know, it has to flow. It has to. You right. have to know how to pot. Like, you have to know how yeah. to. Exactly. And yeah. if you're going to invest time into uh, a relationship or, or uh, a type of content, that way you, you got to have a plan for it. Mm-hmm. You know, is this something that I can see longevity in? Is this like a season? Is it? Yeah. You got to think long term. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but. You know, kind of like I said earlier, the yeah. right people at it the right time. Right. It got to be right. Of course. Trust yeah. Me. Yeah. We like to ask a lot of successful guests this. Where are you at mentally right now? And was there struggles along the way for you? Yeah, man. There was lots of struggles along the way. I'm actually in a really good uh, place now. Mm. I find that a lot of times um, it's like a lot of I think a lot of my best mm. work and momentum has come when I gave myself permission to do what I mm. wanted to do anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of us like procrastinate on decisions and then you do it and there's like a liberation in that mm-hmm. where you succeed or fail. Uh, but I think that's always the hardest thing, man. It's like selling yourself on, mm-hmm. can I do this next thing? Should I do that? Yeah, do it. Let's try it. You know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of that stuff. But early on, man, it was financial. It was like, how do I, the struggle was, mm-hmm. how do I fund this dream? Mm-hmm. How do I fund mm-hmm. this dream? I didn't think about making money or monetizing. I just mm-hmm. wanted to, I remember thinking like, dang, if I could just make four grand a month, and interview people that would be amazing mm-hmm. and then i was like if i could just interview people and make 10 grand a month that'd, that'd be, be amazing, amazing yeah. and then it would just keep going up and up and then sooner or later you realize like i'll be honest like my dream selfishly dude is like my instagram used to be omar the rockstar i'm probably gonna change it back to that <laughs> if it's not already when this is posted <laughs> um but i was always like played the guitar in my mind like i wanted the rockstar life right i wanted to mm-hmm. kill it at my craft mm-hmm. and, and so for me the struggle was always like how do i get paid to play mm-hmm. You know, how do I do something I enjoy with great people? My dream was like, how do I make a hundred grand a month, have total free time, inspire millions of people and go to go to the movies at noon with my girlfriend on a Monday while everyone's stressing. I can make six figures a month. Right. That was my like crazy dream. And then when I had that happen, you're just like, oh, what next? Mm. You you know, what's the next thing you Mm. do? And then sometimes we get into self-sabotage. You know, I've been there. I don't know if you guys have. I have, you know, so I think for me, the mental struggle has always been. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Because sometimes when you aim for a goal, you might think you want it, get there and realize, ah, that's not really what I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or you gave up like hanging out with family and now yeah. you make all this money and now your mom's not around or mm-hmm. something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's, it's um, as I get older, I try to go, is that really the goal? Mm-hmm. Like, what's really the goal? You know, mm-hmm. more honest conversations with myself on mm-hmm. what's next, what's next. But I think as long as you're staying positive mm-hmm. and good vibrations, good things happen. I love that. Yeah, I feel like with money, there's never, like, it's always that next level. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, about so the, many levels to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, even like me and you, I believe we were in a, 
you know, the hundred million mastermind in like 2019. Yeah. Like I remember at that time, the investment for that was like crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember hearing numbers in there, but I'm sure much like you, right? Like I'm sure with you, Jersey champs, didn't you have that where you set a goal for like, you know, maybe like a hundred grand the first time. And then once you saw it was possible, it's like, yeah, it was a hundred grand a year. Then it was a million. And then once you hit that, your life doesn't really change. Like there's a certain amount of wealth where not much changes. Right. It it becomes all relatively the same. uh, Cause you can pretty much do what you want to do. That's really what it is. It's just a freedom aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, coming and going, eating what you want to eat, just freedom. Yeah. I mean, the more money you have, it's not like the more freedom you get. Yeah. (laughs) There's a level. Yeah. 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 There's a cap. Yeah, I think after like 30 G's a month, honestly, like it's for me, at least Mm -hmm. it was like you could do whatever you want. Um, And then after that, it's just about how much excess capital do you have to invest in other stuff? Yeah. yeah, Right. Like (laughs) diversifying. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I could eat at nice restaurants, you know, stay where I Mm -hmm. want, hang out, good friends, wear what I want, dress around, do whatever. Okay, that's not that expensive. It doesn't cost crazy millions of dollars Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, But can you invest in? one property or five properties mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. you afford 100k here 500k here mm-hmm. could you you know what i mean could yeah you, that's kind of where the next level beyond your need mm-hmm. your hierarchy of needs kind of like right you're thinking about long-term investment kind of money 100 man what's next for you this was super exciting yeah bro um just doing more of what i love to do mm-hmm. you know um i i had an expression when i started said if i wouldn't do it for free i wouldn't do it for a fee mm-hmm. so you know, I wasn't making money then. I was making a little bit of money. I've grown and made some money. So, you know, I did it for free. So definitely going to not stop doing it now. You know? <laughs> yeah, I love uh, yeah, just I love to do it, man. I love to tell these stories and, you know, building a podcast and show brings great relationships, business opportunities. So, yeah, man, I don't worry too much about the saturation or anybody else. I just kind of do my thing. And on a long enough time horizon, I think if you do the right things that are aligned uh, with you, the right things happen. You know? Absolutely. You've already proven it. Not a lot of people last this long in the podcast game. Nah, I yeah. think we heard, what, seven episodes? It was the max? Yeah. People don't do more than 10 or something, yeah. right? Yeah, something yeah low. it's actually, yeah, it's actually three. Oh, it's three? three? Yeah, 70% of people don't do more than three and 80% don't do more than, yeah, 10. Yeah, wow. we're 170, 80 episodes in. Wow, like, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, so we're catching what, up to you, man. What's what's your guys' vision? Like, what, what for you inspired the pod? Oh, man, I think I feel like it was a lot of different things. As we, me and Sean, grown to, together in this space and uh, just information, you know, mm-hmm. finding out different ways, obviously, yeah. on the network. I'm we sure. love learning, yeah. love networking. Both yeah. of us share that passion. Yeah. yeah, I tried on a few co-hosts before him, and they weren't that good. Yeah. So he came on, <laughs> and thank God, you know. Yeah. Said, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was, what you said networking. I know you guys got to wrap up, but yeah. I'm curious. What for you with Jersey Champs? Because you networked like crazy. Crazy. Bro. I even have DMs going way back years ago. And oh, I was yeah. like, man, I, I had always seen you all over the place. But what was your approach to networking at that time, dude? So for Jersey Champs, it was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. People couldn't get custom jerseys. So say you wanted your podcast on your on a jersey, it'd be very hard to like order just one of that. Mm-hmm. But I was able to, to do that for people. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I networked. Gave them free jerseys. I didn't care about making money off them. And that just led to opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would be in the DMs all day? All day. And I still am He's for still this podcast. Working, I'm still sending 10 DMs a day right mm-hmm. now to this yeah. day. Yeah. Wow. How do you how do you stay mentally sane? 
or like doesn't it, doesn't it make you irritable at a certain point? <laughs> what the DMs? Well, just ha- just the the onitness so much. No, because you know? I'm messaging people that I think would be great guests, and yeah. I find them on my for you page or like through networking. And yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, this would be a great episode. So I'm excited to message them. Yeah, so it's intuitive. It's not like a. Uh, it's not forced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing I don't think anything, any guest or any conversation is it's all pretty much organic. You know. Yeah. And I, I tell people all the time, like we always talk about it, like networking is key. You know, a guy said that um, millionaires focus on execution, billionaires focus on network. Yeah, 100%. Because so it's, it, it's leverage. Yeah, it's like you said, it's just, it it makes your life easy. Yeah. <laughs> it, Having a network makes your life easy. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times, like, I'll give you one more quick one. So how I interviewed John Paul DeJoria, who's, I believe, the 45th wealthiest man in America, right? Mm-hmm. Billionaire founder of. Uh, Patron Tequila, Patron Tequila, and Paul Mitchell shampoo conditioner. Right, mm-hmm. this guy was homeless at thirty-seven, multi-billionaire. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, do you ever trip out on like your success and how you did all this stuff? And he's like, yeah, hundred percent. But honestly, it came down to like knowing the right people, even down to how I got him for an interview was my trainer at the gym. Right, so sim- some someone seemingly. Who wouldn't have a network, right? Regular mm-hmm. trainer at the gym, my buddy Justin. Shout out Justin. He actually was like, "Yeah, dude, would you ever, uh, would you ever want to interview this guy, John Paul DeJoria?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, absolutely. I've been trying to for years." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, my mom actually um, is like best friends with his personal assistant mm-hmm. for like 20 years." So I was like, "No way. Could you ask?" And he's like, "Yeah." Sent an email that day. 48 hours later, I was in his office interviewing him. Whoa. Right. So like. That's the power of network, you know, it got me into that. And then that relationship mm-hmm. got me into another and another, right. all from my trainer at the gym. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like a snowball effect. It's a snowball effect. And imagine if every person, ha- you know, we walk by people every day. Me and, yeah. me and my girl were just talking off camera. Like, how many times have you probably been in a Starbucks next to like a billion dollar executive? And you wouldn't know because he's just, mm-hmm. oh, the old the old dude with white hair in the corner drinking yeah. a coffee. You'd, you'd have no idea, right? Yeah, but yeah. like conversations create, create miracles, you know? Mm-hmm. Love that. Man, any closing comments? Um, if you have a dream, go for it. Uh, and uh, always know that you got to like Pokemon. You got to always evolve. You know? <laughs> Seriously, I, I've seen that. Even with uh, earlier, I was I was checking out the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary, mm-hmm. how he went from being a kid in Austria. Like we were talking about leverage up. Yeah. He went from being a kid in Austria, bodybuilding champion to actor, to politician, to right. Just kept leveling up. So. Mm. Whatever dream you have, just keep leveling up. And if you're plateaued, it means it's time for the next level. Love it. So, Wayne. Regrets are dreams you didn't chase. Mm. Make sure you follow me on Instagram <laughs> at the creator. Bars. Thanks for <laughs> tuning in, guys. Digital Social Hour. I'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.